Have you ever heard of Wicca or maybe Wiccans? Today, we have Amy Davidson on the podcast with us, and she is going to tell us about her experience with Wicca. We're also going to talk about what it is, why there's an increase that we're seeing today, but we're also going to go to topics like how do we talk to people with different beliefs than us? What does that look like? In the week of all things scary, I thought this week was a great idea to talk to someone who has experience in this realm. Amy Davison is an Air Force vet turned apologist with Mama Bear Apologetics. She received her MA in apologetics from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and speaks on cultural challenges to the faith, biblical sexuality, and how to raise children to be warriors in the faith. She and her husband, Mike, are currently raising three teen boys with a little girl on the way and a little house in Texas. If you haven't caught my Halloween episode, Listen to this one and then run and take a listen to that one. Let's get started. Hey friend, welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your coffee, Bible, and pen, and let's dig in. Welcome, friends, to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. I am so excited for today's episode with our guest. You've heard a little bit about her in the beginning, but I'm excited to start the conversation. Welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Sam, for having me. I'm so excited to be here as well. I love, like, I I love the internet. I mean, I don't <laughs> like it, but I love it. Right. Uh, because I just, you know, with some crazy chicken Amy's Instagram messages, like, I heard parts of your story. I need you to come on. I need you to share all of it. So um, thanks for obliging the, you know, the random Instagram message. No, I think some of the best ministry is done through random Instagram social media messaging. Like, honestly, it's it's so funny because I've heard people even bash uh, bash LinkedIn. And I'm like, I've made some really great connections on LinkedIn and and Instagram. So no, this is great. It's just, yeah, I'm like, the worst she can do is say no, and then we just, it's fine. But she said yes, so here we are. Amy, we're going to jump right in. Um, Tell us, like, a little bit about you. Yeah, so uh, ministry was not something I ever expected to do. I, From the time I was little, I always expected to be a storm chaser. I wanted to go and chase tornadoes, and I joined the military, the Air Force, as a way to try to get there. And I ended up, I mean, this is how dedicated I was. I actually was supposed to be stationed at like these white sandy beaches at the tip of Florida. And I traded with a girl for Oklahoma <gasps> just so I could see, like, who does that, right? Who does uh, that? But I wanted to see tornadoes and I was there for two and a half years and I didn't see one. So <laughs> I know. But anyway, you know, it's amazing how God uses our our loves and our desires to get us where he's guiding us to be. Because, you know, from being stationed in Oklahoma, that's what led me to go to Germany. And from there, I met my husband and we had our three boys over there. And that's eventually where I was looking at, okay, well, if I can't study meteorology, what else do I love? And I'm like, well, I love Jesus. Can you get a degree in that? And turns out you can. You can. And so I know I went to seminary and uh, got my undergrad in theological studies. And then I ended up uh, going to, we get stationed in Texas and I was drawn to apologetics and a defense for the faith. And, you know, cause we all have those questions, those big faith questions. And so many people I encountered growing up, they're like, well, good luck with that. You know, we don't know either. And to go and actually find a place where, wait, other people have these questions and there's answers. How cool is that? And so that's what led me into my master's in apologetics and what led me here to ministry. So it's it's awesome. Now, now instead of chasing literal storms, I, I usually go after the cultural ones and we we talk and we think well through them. So it's just amazing how God orchestrates all of it. 
So how fun. That is a fun story. Okay, so tell us simply, what is apologetics? So apologetics is having a defense for the faith. It's, it's giving a witness. It's that First Peter 3.15 is be ready uh, to give an account for the hope that is within you with gentleness and respect. So it's whenever you're in a conversation with a, a friend, a family member, coworker, whether they're a believer or an unbeliever, the second you're you're sharing your faith and they sit there for a minute and they go, okay, yeah, but what about this? And then they hit you with maybe a struggle that they're having, problem of evil, whatever it is they're going through. Now you transition into apologetics because now you're giving a defense or an account evidence for reason for the existence of God. Uh, and and just doing that that deeper dive into theological studies and it encompasses philosophy, theology, science, the arts. I mean, that's one thing that's amazing is is God has His hand in every single aspect of study, and and we're told in Scripture to love God with all of our hearts and all our souls and all our minds. And if you're kind of more on the intellectual side, or you just you just nerd out over facts and statistics, like you're the person that gets on Wikipedia and five hours goes by and you're learning about quantum mechanics and you're like, how did I get here? Like apologetics, you'll love it because that's what you can do is you can take anything you're wrestling with and start researching and studying and going off on these uh, these uh, Holy Spirit led rabbit trails. And just knowing your Lord and Savior better. And then when your kids ask you questions, because if you've got a toddler or a five-year-old, you know that the, they're going to do that. The second they start asking you a question about the faith or about what's going on in the world, that gives you an opportunity to explain God's sovereignty and his power, his omniscience. And you get to have that wonderful witness to your kid and help strengthen their faith in maybe ways that our faith as kids wasn't we didn't quite get that. So it's amazing. We get to train up these children to be warriors in the faith. And there's so many great resources to do that nowadays. It's wonderful. It's yeah, that's so cool. I actually was not familiar with apologetics, like the name of apologetics until a few years ago. And it was when I uh, first found out about mama bear apologetics and sort of was like, oh, I'm a mama bear for sure. What is this apologetics piece? And so it has been so fun for me, even to to use, like, not just, hey, say, we don't do this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't just, not just saying no, but giving right. context and reason and scripture to why we are making this decision. So my kids or friends, if you have these conversations, can discern, you know, oh, like, I feel like it helps put the puzzles together instead of just being like, no, we don't play Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I've found that too. I've, I've spoken with teens and everything. What I, what I found and what you you found as well from the sounds of things is when kids understand the why, that's where reverence comes in. Because all yeah. of us were told, no, because I said so. And I mean, how much influence did that have in our life? We were just like, oh, yeah, well, now I'm really going to do it. Uh, whereas, whereas when we say, okay, but here's the reasoning why and here's the implications on our bodies, on our, uh, on our emotional well-being, on our spiritual well-being. And then when you actually see the whole picture, it goes, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. You know, yeah. culture loves to try and paint God as this, you know, finger-waving fun killer. And actually, when you look at God's commands, they're not there to kill fun or ruin your college days. It, they're there for your protection. Mm-hmm. And when we deviate outside of God's design, that's where that brokenness is there. And especially as moms, you know, we we have that trial by fire wisdom and we want to help spare our kids from that as best as possible. And some of the best ways to do that is to explain the reasoning behind the no. And, you know, of course, our kids, right, they have free will. They're going to go and do what they they are going to do. But our goal as parents is to raise competent children who are accountable to the Holy Spirit, not to be the Holy Spirit for our kids. Yeah. And so when we can help that accountability, I mean, we get to see immense spiritual growth within our kids. And it's exciting when they make those really good decisions. And, you know, when the mistakes come in, we're able to to walk alongside them and be like, hey, I've been there. And, you know, here's here's why we're putting now boundaries in place. Here's why there's some punishment in place. But ultimately, it's for your good and well-being and nurturing as a whole person. And so it's, a, it's an important aspect of parenting. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's an important aspect of cultural and life. And so I want yes. to transition a little bit to Wicca. How did Amy yeah. get involved? What did that, first off, what is it? And mm-hmm. then what does that have to do with you and your story? Yeah. So Wicca, you know, I, I, to nail down a complete definition is, is hard because there's so many branches. There's so many different 
styles of Wicca that it, it really is customizable to a person, but it's basically a, a earthbound religion that's deeply tied into nature. It is usually polytheistic in nature, meaning that there are multiple gods, goddesses, there's deities that are wrapped in it, but there's two primary, which is the goddess and the godhead. And so it is, it is based in ancient Druid, often ancient Celtic worship. And so you will have uh, the, the goddess and the god and you commune with nature through doing ceremonies, um, uh, spell casting with herbs, crystals, incense. Um, I mean, it really is customizable to the person. There are some branches of Wicca to where they only worship the goddess. And there's some that uh, discount both of them as more of just like archetypes that, uh, that we sort of can channel and harness as we bring about our own empowerment. But it's about this communing with nature and using the the power within nature to now manifest and bring about your own desired will. And so how how I came into it, uh, interestingly enough, is I, I was brought, I was led kind of that way into it by an experience with a another Christian. So in in high school, uh, I was in English class and it was at the beginning of the year. You know how teachers love to make all the students get up and introduce themselves. Oh, and yes. it's oh, so awkward. And so there was a gal that had gotten up, uh, one of my classmates, and she was talking, just gushing about her faith in Christianity and, oh, how it was the most important thing for her and how it, it just meant so much in her relationship with Jesus. I mean, she was just over the top. And this was the same girl who her and her group of friends were just utterly horrific to me in the lunchroom to the point like I oh. I hid out in the Civil War section of the library because nobody goes in that section. And that's where I would eat my lunch because I knew if I entered the lunchroom that it would just it would just be awful. Like the mm. stuff they would say. And I remember watching her and listening to her testimony. And um I, I didn't grow up in a overtly religious home. It's not like it was denounced or anything. It just it just wasn't um really done as much. And so I had tried to kind of figure out Christianity before. And in listening to her testimony, I was thinking, if that's what Christianity is, I don't want any part of it. And so I, I walked away from that moment. I was like, okay, I'm not having anything to do with Christianity. Well, the one group that I was able to connect with, shocker, more of the outcast group. And in the late 90s, early 2000s, what was popular among the outcast kids was Wicca, was paganism. I mean, that's that's how you rebelled, right? You either were the goth, uh, a theater kid, or you got into Wicca. And so I had friends who were in Wicca. And so I was sharing with them my frustrations over this English experience with this gal. And they're like, well, you know that within Christianity, all those passages regarding witchcraft were actually added later. And they were only put in there to persecute witches. I'm like, really? I had no idea. And then they go, and actually Wicca predates Christianity. So that means that actually Wicca is more true than what Christianity would be. Okay, fascinating. And then they said, well, and what's also important is to be authentic to who you are and your heritage. Well, you have Scottish heritage. And so therefore your Oh, your uh, ancestors, they would have been druids. They would have been pagan. So actually, if you dabble in Wicca, that is more true to who you were. That's more authentic. It is more real. And all of these, they're, they're what you call valid arguments. Um, they're formatted correctly, but they're completely unsound. But to my mm -hmm. untrained mind, I was like, oh, this makes so much sense. And I, yeah. you're right. I do have Scottish heritage. And, and, and so I was like, well, let me start checking this out. And so I, I went into Walden, like, this is how you super going to date myself here. Walden books. If anybody remembers Walden books that were there in the mall, um, I went there and I found a book on Celtic magic and I was reading it. And it was fascinating. I mean, I was a kid who loved fantasy novels. And so, you know, when you're reading about, uh, dryads and fairies and all of these things that, that sound very mystical and romantic and now, I also had a love of nature. I loved being out in the woods. Um, I, I loved, you know, nurturing flowers. I'm really good at killing them now, but uh, I loved taking care of them. And so, okay, now there's magical properties in these flowers and herbs. And, you know, it's uh, these crystals are absolutely beautiful and there's energy within these crystals. It was just so texturally appealing. It was, and it offered something that an outcast, bullied kid desperately wants, and that's power and control. And yeah. so it just, it, it met all of the needs that I was looking for. And so I just threw myself into it for a solid year. And within Wicca, 
uh, you you don't get to count yourself as a witch until you have been in it for a year and a day. And so I had been pursuing after this for a solid year. But what was really neat was God was pursuing after me in, in the entire time I was after it. I mean, there was always this, this still small voice in the back of my head that would just come out of nowhere as I'm reading some of my spell books or doing research. And it would just be a very simple, you know, this isn't right. You know, this isn't true. And I would, I would have to push it aside and be like, no, this is what I'm going for because I, I know what Christianity is and I don't want any part of it. And so this is what I'm going for. But, you know, the Holy Spirit was just there throughout the whole time. And about at the, it was at the one year mark, I was looking at all of my herbs and my books and, and everything that I had hidden in my room because, you know, teenagers were super good at hiding things from mom and dad. And I had it all hidden away. Uh, and I was looking at it and I was looking back and forth kind of between that and my Bible. And I was like, you know, I've been at this a year and it hasn't delivered on what it's promised. Maybe, maybe I have something wrong. And it, I realized that maybe the, the witness of the gal, the kind of the improper representation of Christ isn't who Christ is. And mm-hmm. so I, I ended up setting the books aside and opening up my Bible again after a year of just, I didn't throw it out. I, w- I was kind of surprised about that, but I, I opened back up my Bible and started reading. And I was just like, I can't have any part of this. And so I went in the backyard, I took all the books and I burnt them in my dad's old grill, which I'm pretty sure I ruined the grill in the process. <laughs> but, but I, uh, I, it's fine. I, yeah, I burnt him, chucked everything aside and, and rededicated myself to Christ and was baptized at camp right before going to basic training. And which is a great time to accept Jesus <laughs> is when you're going to basic training. And, uh, and, and I walked away from it. And it was just, it was amazing how, how God was just stayed with me throughout that time of, of me wandering. And I'm, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a story because I both ways. So what I hear in your story is like both girls, essentially, they represented something paganism and, or Wicca and Christianity. Yeah. And you were so turned off by the mean girl yeah. that you essentially rejected Christ and then yeah. went to wake up because she presented this deceitful yet appealing option for you. But like how the enemy is so not new. I don't know. Unoriginal yeah. that like it's the same garden. It's the same. I mean, it's the same apple thing yeah. that he did. But he's using it in a different presentation for you because he knew what your heart was longing for. Mm-hmm. And look, this is pretty. You can have control. And but yet Christ was actually the real reason. And it was simply that girl being mean. And I'm sure she was a horrible like presentation of Christ. And so how many times even today we deal with that? We deal with like church hurt or offenses mm-hmm. or People saying they're Christian and they go off in the comment section or, yeah. you know, and so we start searching for something to fill a gap that only Christ can fill. Yeah. And oh, absolutely. It, and yours happened to be Wicca. Do you see any, like, because we had said before we started, but the 90s are sort of coming back. So yeah, what are some things that we're seeing now in today's sort of society as far as Wicca and pagan and all of that goes? Yeah, we're definitely seeing a rise in interest and it's been coming back for a couple of years actually. So, and and it's it's interesting because it's almost following the same path. So, like you like you mentioned, you know, it was it was the improper witness of this gal that ended up leading me to a false religion purely because somebody was kind about it. They were nice to me. Mm-hmm. And so we've actually seen a lot of this come through as people are it's it's sad to say but but we have a created a culture to where people are hypersensitive to where yeah. you cannot actually be accountable to someone without their them accusing you of being judgy or mean and angry to where we can't even it's hard for us to do our christian duty as brothers and sisters in christ because if we're like hey friend i think what you're doing is is dangerous and harmful well oh you're you're being a hateful christian and now i'm going to turn away and unfortunately yeah. that's what you know progressive christianity has kind of led us to well especially with what we're seeing now with our culture in this huge shift regarding LGBTQ and all of these things, we're seeing people pull away from Christianity. That's what we're seeing in deconstruction and progressive Christianity. 
And so they're looking for a substitute. So for a lot of people, when they deconstruct from Christianity, Elisa Childers calls it, it's, it's deconstruction is the vehicle that gets you to another religion. One of the more popular ones to go to is Wicca and paganism. And, and it's coming back in vogue. In fact, in Teen Vogue actually has all sorts of articles on how your teenager can cast spells and infuse magic within her love life and all of these things. And, uh, and, and one of the reasons why that's so appealing, especially to kids is because there's a lack of accountability. So there is no moral standard there because one of the commands within the, the sort of the path or the mantra within Wicca is, uh, harm none, do as you will. So as long as you're not hurting anyone, and that's based on a very subjective, your yes. own perception of whether or not you're hurting someone, uh, you can do whatever you like. And so that gives a sort of false I view mean, of freedom. on. Yes. Right? So there's no accountability. There is uh there or there's a lack of accountability. It's very subjective based. It's heavily saturated within female empowerment. So I mean feminism, right, is just yep. huge within culture like to be an empowered woman. Well, Wicca really plays into that because there's actually an acronym uh for witch. It's woman in total control of herself. And so to be a witch is you have that power and you are harnessing it and you are making things happen. This is how you be an empowered woman. And so it appeals to girls especially, but guys are also lured in. But for girls especially, it's it's that power, it's control, it's empowerment, it's a lack of accountability to a to Christ. So these deities and things, you can channel different deities to uh, achieve your will and you know use these different herbs and crystals to now bring about what you are seeking after. So it really makes you the god of your own religion. And that is really appealing to people because under Wicca, it doesn't matter what you believe. If you want to be yeah. Hindu, Islam, Christian, you know, none of it matters. Uh, you just, you do you, that's your path. And in fact, that's big within, within Wicca and everything is just finding your path. And like I mentioned within Wicca, you, I mean, a lot of people think that it's primarily, you know, goth and everything, but it's really not. I mean, it's, it's very like uh, crunchy hippie. I mean, you, there's kitchen witches, there's green witches to where you can be out in the, in the woods and in, with the flowers or kitchen, witch is more of like a, a homemaker, homemaker type witch to where a lot of your energy is focused in on uh, cultivating the home and, you know, casting spells around more of your, more of food and how you take care of things around the house and that sort of thing. So it, it's customizable to each person, which again is really appealing, especially to a teenager because I mean, what is middle school and high school, but six years of an existential crisis, you're trying to figure out who you are. And when you can go to a religion that says, oh, well, it's whatever you like and whatever you feel. And if something doesn't work, well, that's okay. Just try something else and get it to fit in there. And there's the mystery and the secrecy of it that's appealing because, uh, you know, we, our world now is connected via social media so much that we are a grain of sand among millions, billions of people. And Wicca is a way to stand out. It's a way to be different. I mean, there's whole witch talk is huge on, on TikTok. Instagram has entire feeds on how to style your, your altar and everything. And it's, it's all very beautiful. Uh, but it's, it's leading people down a false path. And so we're seeing it, we're seeing it rise in culture today because people are being pushed away from organized religion. They're like, Oh no organized religion. They're just a bunch of hateful, closed-minded bigots. So what what will feed that God-sized hole? Like C.S. Lewis says that when you depart from God, you leave a God-sized hole. What's going to fill that? And so a lot of people are being drawn into Wicca because it it's pretty and it's empowering or it appears empowering. And it it doesn't ha make them accountable to any one person. They don't have to evangelize anyone. They can just live their own life, uh, so to speak. And and it offers that illusion of freedom, but ultimately it's, it's complete falsehood. Wait, oh, I have so much to say. I, I hate that so much. I hate the deceptiveness of it. I hate yeah. that it's this beautiful looking cake, but yeah. really it's like poop frosting. Yeah. Poop frosting. Right. It's, yeah. It's like that apple offered to Snow White, you know, yes. that looks beautiful but it's ultimately death and we're seeing so much of it even with our kids like so much so many cartoons and things now are now infusing demons and witchcraft um let's see owl house actually uses actual wiccan symbols and paganism within the the show itself and That's so crazy. i mean 
it's it. I mean, it's starting from little to where all oh, this is attractive and alluring. That was part of my reasoning. There was a, a show that came out. It was Halloween Town on Disney. And the grandma mm-hmm. gives the daughter a cape and she goes, oh my gosh, I'm a Wiccan. And she was so excited about it. And I remember th- rationale in my kid mind. I was like, well, wait a second. If Wicca, if Wicca is being mentioned on Disney Channel, well, it must be okay because it's Disney Channel and it's for kids. And why would they include anything bad or dangerous? Because it's Disney. Of course. Well, because it's that's clever. Yeah. Right? No, that, yes. Okay. And even, so I used to be heavy in the business world, in the online marketing world, and you would hear lots of conversations about crystals or manifestation or, you know, your will and you can manifest money and things and projects and and clients. And and even so much like the abundance woman, if you look like the abundant woman, you will not, this is one of the only few, I will say few Christian brands. The rest is all, all of the other crap, all of the new age spiritual stuff. And so I, it's definitely like, as a believer, it is even tricky sometimes to be like, okay, but these are just beautiful crystals or I got a bag from, or I didn't, but like maybe this shirt has what, it's a beautiful artwork, but it actually has Mm -hmm. a Wiccan symbol. Like, because it's so ingrained and popular and available in culture that it's very easy to be like, well, I actually like crystals. And so they're just pretty decorations or let yeah. me put this on my mantle or let's play with Halloween because it's just a fun holiday for kids. When really the underlying of it is deception, it's evil and it's falsehood that is trying to make you stumble. It is trying to make you look away from Christ and look to everything else, including selves. And so what what do we do with this? Like what we're living in this tension of the world of being Christian women. We want to seek more of Christ. We're maybe seeing the culture of Wicca. And I, girl, I didn't know moon water was a thing. I thought someone I knew was just kind of crazy. We just like, it's a full thing. <laughs> Wasn't the good old days when you just thought people were crazy? <laughs> and it's moon water. And then I was like, what? And so I Googled yeah. it and it's a thing. Or like in a Christian Facebook group, there are people that claim to be Christian witches. And I'm like, yeah, that's come coming on. up. Yeah. Come on. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was thinking about that. I'm like, there's also now a growing uh, movement of Christian witches. And yeah, you it's, can't. Yeah. And it was funny. So I was actually, um, I encountered a gal and it, she, not, not to back on California, but she was from California. So I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. But, um, she uh she was talking about how you know she she was more into this spiritualist thing and she goes oh yeah you would have you would have no idea how many Christians I have coming to me to buy crystals to neutralize the energy in their homes she's like oh yeah some of my best clients are Christians and yet you do see this coming in uh even in the Christian circles it's oh sure yeah. you know God made these crystals God made these herbs so why can't I use them to now channel and uh bring about what my will and that sort of thing. So yeah, we're seeing it rise in there as well. Which is absurd. Mind blown, right? But yeah. we have a family motto or a parenting motto that uh, is, if it's gray, we don't play. Um, okay. So Ooh. we are pretty conservative in yeah. ways of we, my kids weren't allowed to watch. Well, now we don't do Disney at all, but whatever, certain shows that had like, mm-hmm. um, like fairy godmothers or witches, essentially. I don't know what they would call them. But, you know, some of the cartoons we've mentioned, like, I have just been very, like, we are not participating with any of that. And so, but I was also raised, I was raised Pentecostal, and I was raised in a, in a home that mm-hmm. understood supernatural, right? And so, yeah. but that's not the case for lots of people. That's not the case for most people. And so what are some ways that we can identify and root out all of this spiritual nonsense. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's oh, it's going to be different for every kid and every family because there's going to be families that have different convictions. And mm-hmm. so um, for the families who may not necessarily feel convicted to uh, you know, keep out all of the shows that have the the fairy godmothers, that sort of thing, use those as talking points. Make sure you're talking to your kids about what they're seeing. So kids are sponges. And if we are able to, we, we play the pause game to where when something comes across the TV, 
And either the character is behaving in a questionable way, they've said something that's morally gray or completely false, or there is a situation that that is uh, representative of something else, something more dark or sinister. We would we would pause it because you can't always filter everything out. And yeah. so those moments where it's right there and you're like, oh, crud, we just saw this is we would pause the show and then we would discuss it. And there have actually been studies done on Christian households. And what they found is they compared two different households. So they have what they consider the bubble parents, which those are the ones where the kid, you know, was not allowed to go to the grocery store during the month of June, lest they see something that says love is love. You know, every sports activity had to have Jesus at the center. They couldn't read, discuss, um, uh, you know, any of this stuff. They were basically kept completely sheltered. And then they compared those families with the ones that, okay, some of the world may be getting in a little bit or they're interacting with it. But what they do is they actually discuss what they're seeing and the moral implications, the spiritual implications of what's playing out. And when they discuss them with their kids. So when they compared the children of those two families, what they found is that the parents who were proactive in discussing real world scenarios and what the worldview is coming at them, those kids had less risky decision-making behavior than the bubble kids. And mm-hmm. so that is just, and, and I mean, that's backed up in scripture, right? We are commanded yeah. by God to train up our children. And part of training means you have to learn to wield the armor of God, which means you're going yes. to have to interact the world in some way, shape, or form. Because I've taught in homeschool co-ops, I've taught in Christian private schools, and my kids are now currently in public school. And I can tell you the conversations are the exact same in every single situation. So if your kids are interacting with other human children, then they are, <laughs> then they are going to see the world. And so our goal as parents is to help them be able to discern when false truth claims come in. So one of the great ways to do that is play the pause game. Um, if you're out and about and you see something, then, you know, just give a brief rundown of, oh, okay, this is what we see. Do you guys know what that means? Ask your kids, check in with them first. Hey, what are, what are you seeing? Or what have you heard about this? And let them explain what their background is, because you'd be surprised what they hear on the bus or on the playground. And then say, oh, okay, yes, th- what this part that you've heard, 100% true. This part's actually false. And then here's why this is dangerous. Here's why we as a family, we don't participate in this, or we don't listen to this or watch this show. And here's the reason why. And then you prepare yourself for that, those next few conversations, because again, this is going to be something that you're going to be encountering for their entire lives. And so, you know, explaining to kids, especially with regards to, to Wicca, you know, some of the claims were, oh, there's, there's healing properties within herbs. Yes, there is. Chamomile is soothing. Uh, willow bark tea has the same compound as, uh, as aspirin to where uh, in the Victorian era, they would drink willow bark tea and it would, it would help ease pain. So yes, these are true, but that doesn't mean that we now use those as an act of worship for another deity, because then that gets into idol worship. That is seeking after false uh, false gods. So no, yes, there are things that God has done in nature that is, provides health benefits to us, but these are not things that we should now worship in and of themselves. And that's one thing, you know, we see it throughout scripture is when we stop worshiping the creator, we often revert to worshiping the created things. And I mean, we see this yeah. with the Israelites with raising the golden calf. And so the goal is, wait a second, the created thing is not what is worthy of our worship. That cries out to the glory of God. And so we we are constantly helping our children keep their focus on God rather than maybe uh, getting so caught up in the, in the beauty of the created thing that now they start worshiping that thing. And that's what you see throughout Wicca. I mean, there's wood nymphs and... Uh, you know, you're incorporating all of these these herbs and crystals and all of that. It very much is focused on the creation. And so we can rightly affirm that, yes, this is beautiful. And yes, you know, these herbs here, peppermint helps your sinuses. But that doesn't mean that now, okay, cool, witchcraft is totally game because now it's using it to help help heal. No, you don't have to go and do that sort of thing. So it's open dialogue is probably the best thing that we can do. Because when we can discuss an issue with our kids without freaking out and being like, oh, that's a great point. I've actually been wondering about that myself, or I've done some study on this. Uh, here, let me share with you what I've what I've researched. That helps equip our kids to, one, do the research, because thanks to social media, their intention spans now of the average kid <laughs> is super short, and people will retweet without researching, and we need research. And so it tells them, okay, you have to dig for answers. You have to do your work. And then, uh, and then two, it shows that mom and dad are a safe place to go to for any questions. 
And it doesn't mean they're going to bring everything to us. I mean, that's just how it is. Kids, I mean, we remember back when we were kids, we didn't bring everything to mom and dad. But what it does communicate is that mom and dad are a safe place that you can go to. If you've got a question, mom's going to wait until you are asleep and then freak out in the bedroom. But when we're talking together, we're going to be cool and collected and we're going to give you the answers that, that you need. So good. And friends, for the friends listening, if you don't have children, then you can apply these same things for your thought processes, processes, for whatever process. But then also that's why another reason why we love community, having spirit-filled Christians who are solid in the world or resources like apologetics to to direct you back to Christ and the truth Mm -hmm. when things get tricky. We, um, I hate the bubble thing. Um, We... Uh, what is it called? So like, even in, I'm not a green thumb. I kill everything like that <laughs> besides my children, my children are alive, but like right. all the plants mm-hmm. are no go. But above with a, that same scenario, a bubble, like a, if you were to create a bubble around a plant, you would actually kill it. You would suffocate it because it yeah. would not have nutrients that it needs. And so we get that. And we have adopted like a greenhouse mentality that we Ooh. are the, we try to be that we are not, but we try to be as much of the, um, I don't know what the word is, but where we allow certain things. So we will watch movies together as a family. We will, um, introduce things like the month of June. We'll talk about why this is this and people believe Mm -hmm. this and what we believe. Right. But it's allowing those conversations and even opening up those conversations, like not being reactive, like, oh my gosh, my kid did this. And now I have to deal with this. It's, Let's try and talk about some of these topics beforehand, especially because in the world we live in, pick a topic, any topic, they're all very blatant and in your face and they all are going to um, like not get better. Like they're only going to get more intense, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. being proactive with that. And I feel like that with, it helps me, um, parenthood in general helps me be a better, not a better, a hungrier Christian. Yeah, Because I want to dig in the word to find out for myself, but then also for my children, right? Like yep. I want to be assured of what I believe and why I believe it. So for myself, and then I can tell my friend, my neighbor, the ministry, the children, right? And so the world, I feel like so many times when we get overwhelmed with world mm-hmm. topics, with months, with scary things, with whatever feels overwhelming that sometimes maybe it's just me that I want to buy a plot of land in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and create a compound. Exactly. Bunker life. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't have plants obviously because we can't keep them alive, but something mm-hmm. guys, that's not, that's not our, you know, that's not his heart for us. That's not the mission. That's not the goal, but, but sometimes it's enticing, but yeah, I want to encourage you friends that because, because you are a Christ woman you are a daughter of the king that there's security in this there is authority in this and things might be tempting to play with or tempting to shiny object wicca but that that when we create the solid foundation in christ that we get to be so secure in him that it makes some of this stuff less scary yeah because i mean if i were to have a different set of ears listening to amy's story i'd be like oh my gosh, everywhere. My children are going to be Wiccans and <laughs> you know what I mean? But right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that. I know. Isn't that so good that God gives us a, a not a spirit of meekness, but one of boldness. And yeah, that's one of those lies. I think Satan is so good at because he can, he can make it seem like, oh, if you talk about this with your kids, then they're going to want to do it and they're going to go yes. chase after it. And so often with our kids is they're, they want to know about it. And, but they're not sure if mom and dad are going to freak out or not. And so what happens is, is their questions don't go away. If we don't handle them well, they'll just take their questions to somebody else. And it could be an ungodly somebody else. And so when we can just be like, hey guys, you know, we got the month of October coming up, you know, there's going to be an interest, uh, rise in interest in ghosts and Wicca. I mean, it's in magazines and all this other stuff to where it's like, what do you guys know about this? Or what have you heard about, you know, these ghost shows and 3am challenges and and when you start having those conversations, kids are like, oh, cool. I've been wanting to know about this. And then you can discuss it from a worldview perspective and why this is 
unsafe and spiritually dangerous and damaging. And then, oh, okay, now that makes more sense. And that way, when and if they encounter somebody who's dabbling in this, then they're already going to know, okay, wait a second, this is something I need to approach with caution. But because the other person is an image bearer of Christ, I also need to be respectful. And so how do I now navigate conversations and how do I ask good questions? And, you know, you'd mentioned people without kids. Yeah, I mean, if you've got a coworker who is a Wiccan and everything, so just getting to know them can be huge. Like, oh, I noticed your your pentagram necklace. Or, you know, oftentimes it'll be a circle with two outward facing crescent moons. Um, that that can also be uh, symbolic of someone who who is Wiccan or pagan. They'd be like, oh, your necklace looks pretty. What what does that mean? Is that is that like a, a special symbol to you? And get to know their background. What led you? Like Greg Kokel's Tactics, if you've never read it, it's an absolutely fantastic book on how to ask good open-ended questions to help nurture evangelistic encounter. Like what led you? What drew you to Wicca? Because everybody, whenever they make a, a decision in life, there is usually a series of experiences that led to that decision. And it might be completely justified. I mean, my, my walking away from Christianity, yeah, it was justified, from an emotional aspect, but when you actually got down to my reasoning, my I had faulty reasoning going on, but nobody nobody was there to unpack that. And so yeah. you might be that person who you can listen to their story and then you know have your ears open. What is it that this person is looking for or running from or fearful of? And then now tailor your witness to be like, okay, so this person is feeling left out. They're feeling uh, this need for empowerment. Well, can you actually get that in Wicca? No, you can't. And so you can actually start having these uh, small conversations with maybe a coworker or an in-law or a friend that can lead to some very fruitful ministry if we're just bold enough to have them. I love that. I love that. I worked for Young Life for years. And one of the mottos of Young Life is to earn the right to be heard. Mm. And so getting to know someone, they're not going to dust their magical powers on you. You're (laughs) right. But like, but sometimes I feel like we think that way and really it's not, but we can have conversation because when I see people that any, anybody that does not know Christ or is not currently walking in Christ, so they, I just, they've never met him, right? Right. Like been fully encapsulated by him. That to me, it doesn't like, it doesn't make me push them away. It doesn't make me be like, ew, look at those people. Instead, it makes my heart break. Because we see they are children of the living God as well. And they're choosing to walk a life that's different. Yeah. And what I see is someone that's hurting or has Mm -hmm. been hurt. I see someone that needs the love of Christ. And so instead of being like a bullhorn approach or Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to have anything to do with them, it could literally just be like you described. It could literally be conversation. Like this is what we, when we talk about here on the podcast about living out the gospel and like sharing your testimony and sharing the love of Christ, it it doesn't always come from like standing on the corner with a sign and what <laughs> right at a blowhorn. Yeah. <laughs> it is getting to know people, getting mm-hmm. to know how they tick, how they function, who they are. And then naturally, or it doesn't always feel naturally, but sharing you know, about Christ. And so I love that you said the coworker example as well, because whoever it is, like, I just, I don't look at them as crazy people. Yeah. I look at them as, man, that is another person who needs the love of Christ. And how can I get to know them and show them? Maybe it's by loving on them. And which is always not the easiest thing ever, but yeah. That's but that it, dying to self. Yeah. But there, yeah. It, and it, you're so right because it is, there are times where you encounter people and you're like, wait a second, that's basically just me before I knew Jesus. And you have to love somebody enough to recognize, wait a second, aren't they worthy of Jesus too? Aren't they yeah. worthy of eternal life? And when you change your perception of the other person, even, even if they're being utterly vile, but when you can change your perception and be like, oh my gosh, that's someone who desperately needs Jesus. Well, then your heart softens as well. And your desire for outreach and for the Holy Spirit to work is is heightened, and so you you do you you're less fearful, I think, to to speak when you recognize the gravity of uh, of eternal salvation and the need that we all have for it. Yeah, but and it's I feel like it's both and because you can mm-hmm. love that person, know that person, especially if you're in relationship, like the coworker scenario. Yeah. Um, without playing with their toys, without yeah. going to their seances or without, you know, giving them authority over your family. Like you, 
it's both and, right? So mm-hmm. like we can love on people and still protect our children or protect our home. Have the boundaries, yep. Have conversation. It's not like an all-inclusive thing. But I feel like the reason or one of the reasons that Wicca and paganism and crystals and manifestation and the list mm-hmm. goes on becomes so popular, like you mentioned, is because people are hungry for something. And so when we yeah. realize that, that it is, it's the God-sized hole. They're missing the God, even the Christian witches are missing yep. the God side. They have a God-sized hole. And so they're looking to fill it up with something. And you're right. We used to be that like mm-hmm. before Christ. And so it's both ends, having boundaries, having protection, but also getting to know people and knowing the truth of these things. Hey, guys, mm-hmm. manifestation is in the Bible, but it is not in the way that we are participating in today. Right. And correct. Uh, crystals. Sure. God made them. But like Amy said, it's not something we worship or the moon water or whatever. Like there's differences. And Amy, your story is such a good example of like the trickiness of wording and the trickiness of appealing to where we're hurting. Yeah. But yet I love that you are now an apologetic and you have a degree in Jesus. And you get to teach other people and women and families about apologetics and how, how that, how that matters and how defending faith matters. Yeah. And I mean, it's something that we, we all do. We just don't realize it. And, you know, we were talking before we, the recording about how, you know, terms like theology and apologetics can seem really intimidating. It seems like you have to have one of those amazing libraries and have a pipe and like the tweed jackets and everything to understand what any of that stuff is. I was one of them until I actually started reading theology. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is actually really interesting and relevant. And then apologetics especially is, is so practical in the everyday because, I mean, whether it's our, it's our kids or our friends or family, there's, somebody has a question. Ourselves, we have questions. And the yeah. fact that we can go and dive in and get answers is fantastic. And that we can study these, these things and get to know and understand them better is empowering because so often fear is rooted in a lack of knowledge. And so if you're fearful on how to engage with something, sometimes just going and listening to a podcast or reading a blog, it's like, oh, okay, now I've got some basic terminology. I've got a little bit of background to where I can ask more open questions to where even if I don't have all the answers, because we never will, you know, I can still have a conversation with maybe my Islamic coworker and be able to ask some good questions to get to know better. And that signals to them that I'm willing to listen and to even do my own work and be like, okay, I want to understand things from your perspective a little better. And that is so appreciated by, by everyone, right? And so when we can do that and through apologetics and theology, it really does strengthen our witness because eventually we're going to come across somebody with a question. And it's awesome when we have something in our back pocket that we can pull out and be like, okay, I've, I've read about this or I know where to go. Can I get back with you? Here's my email. We'll chat in a few days. You know, it, yeah. it makes it seem less daunting to go out and make disciples of all nations. Oh, I love that so much. Yes, because how many times have we been confronted with a question a simple like, why do you believe? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, why do you believe what you believe? That's not a simple question, but it feels daunting. And yeah. so we're, then we're like, we could be like, I don't know why I believe it. I don't know. And maybe for some of us, we have been presented with those opportunities to, to answer. And it's maybe shown us a lack of like, wait, I've relied. Like for some of the women that are in like our membership and stuff, we've just had a conversation about, um, I've relied on this other person's faith, whether it's my spouse right. or my parents. Like mm-hmm. I don't actually, I feel like a baby Christian though I've been saved for 20 years Yeah, because I, I didn't know these answers for myself. I relied on my church service. I relied on my husband or parent or whatever. And I've, I've just been saved, you know? And so yeah. that's what I, I love about what you're saying too, is like, it's accessible. It's not scary with image that you just took. Okay, it comes right to mind, doesn't it? Like you totally pick it. It's like, I got to look like Jordan Peterson to understand this stuff. You don't. Oh, no. And we're everyday women studying the Bible and it's accessible for you. I don't think that the God of the universe who desires so intimate of a relationship with us would create this book that was beyond our, like, it was just to only smart people. It's only available right. for the few, right? That's yeah. not how you got to have works. a PhD. Mm-hmm. Yes. Only to read the Bible. Sorry. Yeah. And preach it and teach it. And so says the girl without a PhD. So, um, but 
And also there's the Holy Spirit that will help you and lead you in discernment. And so I feel like we could do this forever. And I do want to actually have you back on for uh, um, the sexual culture conversation. That's not the right word for it, is it? Oh, no, I mean, it it works. Sex positivity, all of that stuff. It's all all right there. So we're going to do that again. But for now, I want um, you to do two things for us. One, can you give us a word of encouragement? And then after that, can you tell us where can we find Amy? Because we love her and we need to go say hi and follow all the things. Absolutely. So word of encouragement is we actually covered it earlier is God did not give us a spirit of meekness, but one of boldness. And so for some, the month of October and coming Halloween, it feels daunting. I mean, there's all sorts of ghost shows and movies, horror movies that are coming out. Don't allow your fear to silence your witness. Instead, do a little bit of research. Ask if there's, be in prayer for the person that maybe you are to pour into, that God just gives you the eyes to see who they are, the the words to speak truth and the boldness to be able to do so at exactly his timing and take advantage of those moments. You're not going to screw it up because if you're in submission to God, it's going to be him speaking, not you. And so just be bold in your faithfulness to be able to go out and to to share Christ. I love Jason Whitlock. He says, when we are fearful before God, we are fearless in front of culture. So as abundant women, I encourage you to be fearless in your witness and just do a little research to understand a bit more and have a great next conversation. And then where to find us. So um, I'm, uh, I work for Mama Bear Apologetics, one big word, M-A-M-A, bearapologetics.com. And if you hop on our website, you'll find blogs written by me, podcasts as well. And you can also reach me through that podcast or through that website as well. And we can connect. If you have questions, uh, that's a great place to submit them. So often, a lot of our podcasts or our blogs come from questions from you. And so if there's something that you've been struggling with, something your family is facing that you just don't know what to do, uh, send it to us. We'll either give you resources. We'll, we'll always give you resources because we're a bunch of nerds over there. So <laughs> we will give you resources, but we will also potentially even do a blog, of course, and uh, it'll be anonymous. Uh, we won't name names, but addressing that issue. So it's a great place to reach us, mamabearapologetics.com. So good. Thank you so much for this, Jamie. Thank you for your time and Helen's and shedding a bright light on all the things. Hey, Rana, thank you so much for having me, Sam. I've enjoyed this. Friend, I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Before you go, quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username Abundant Woman Co. Come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community, going after Jesus and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.